we we uh, travel around a lot and uh, never would talk bad about anyone, but this is really good. All right, let's just say that. Amen. Amen. All right. That is refreshing. So thank you all for leading us to worship. That was, that was great. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jared Greer, and I lead a ministry called Overcoming Obstacles Ministries, and we are so excited to be here with you today. I have a friend and ministry partner who travels with me and is also a ninja, and his name is Kendall Ortez. So everybody say hi, Kendall. Kendall is a two-time competitor on American Ninja Warrior. He is also not just a competitor. See, I claim to be a competitor he has made it to the national finals before. And so that's pretty awesome. Y'all can give him a nice round of applause for that. It's one thing to say, hey, I was there. Another thing to say, hey, I hit a buzzer, right? And so, <laughs> and so I love having him with us. Uh, in a minute, we're going to demonstrate some stuff. Would y'all want to see a little of that? Is that cool? Awesome, cool. We'll, we'll do that here in, in just a second. Before we do, um, I just want to uh, just tell you a little bit more about what we do, why we do it. Uh, I'm going to throw a picture of my family on the screen. Uh, I said that yesterday, and then I didn't actually give my picture of my family to the guy. And so he was like, I, I don't have that. So, But today we do. And so that's my wife, Sally, and then my oldest son, Micah, and my youngest son, Bennett. And so um, they are such amazing supporters. I see that picture, and I'm like, that's my family. I've been gone for a while, and I'm really excited to go home this afternoon from a long stretch of several events where we've seen several people get saved. It's been really awesome. But um, we travel around a lot in the summers together, but during the school year, they stay home and do, do their thing. And, um, and so it is, uh, it is an honor, though, to get to be invited to be here with you today. Uh, we've been doing this ministry for a while. I've got several familiar faces in the crowd already wearing our shirts and everything. And so um, we were at Trinity Pines back in 2016 and 2018. 19, and I believe your church has been there with us a few times, and several just um, familiar faces in this community. My wife's family, uh, they are the Tackards, and they live in the Santa Fe and Hitchcock, that area, and so we, we come down here quite often to see them and stuff, and so it's just good to be in a familiar area and just to get, get to do ministry with your church family today, and so let's have a little demonstration time, all right? And so uh, is there a small kid who wants to help me out? Is there somebody? He, dude, the dude with the I don't know which brother to pick, so we're going to have both of you. Come on. Two, two guys right there. I don't know if you're brothers or not, but you're friends at least. Uh, are you brothers? Cousins. All right. That's cool too, right? And, and one of you, I believe, prayed to receive Jesus yesterday, which is cool, right? That's awesome, right? Let's give glory to God for that. That's so cool. So hold on. Your name. Hold on. What's it start with? R? I don't remember. What is it? What was it? Ryan. Everybody say hi, Ryan. All right, and then what was your name? James. Everybody say hi, James. Hey, so I was just going to have one of y'all show us how to do the agility over there where Kendall's going to go meet you guys, but I want both of you just to go do it at the same time, just one behind the other, right? And so as they go, we like to talk a lot about encouragement when we do our ministry events, and so you guys are going to just chant, I don't know, let's go Ryan and James or something. We're going to figure it out. Usually we just have one name, but let's just, uh, let's just do like Ryan. James. All right, y'all ready? All right, here we go. All right, Ryan. James. Ryan. James. Ryan. James. Give him a big round of applause. Nicely done. You guys can go have a seat. You guys can go have a seat. You guys did awesome. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to have you do a seat. I want you to do the monkey bars. Kendall, would you go lift them up over there one after another? We're going to keep it going. And so we're just going to get just a nice little just like clap going for them. All right, y'all ready? Let's just kind of get a nice little. 
Y'all keep it going. Come on, let's encourage these kids. We've got James on the monkey bars. Can he make it all the way to the end? I believe he can. And what, right when he gets on there, Kendall, and he gets going, we're going to lift up Ryan, all right? And so they're going to be on there together. Y'all encourage him right here. Let's go. All right, so James has made it. And, oh, that's okay, Ryan. Let's give him another try. Let's give him another try. Maybe his hands are sweaty. All right, so here we go. Now we can get just a nice Ryan, Ryan. There you go, Ryan. Good job. There you go. Help him out, Kendall. Get him started. Get him started. Get him started. Here we go. Come on. Ryan. 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 There you go. There you go. Come on, man. You got to fight it. Hey, it's in the struggle that you need the encouragement. Come on. It's in the struggle. Come on, Ryan. Fight it. Fight it, Ryan. Fight it, Ryan. Fight it. Fight it. Come on. You need some help. It's like we're watching Ninja Warrior in church this morning. Nicely done, nicely done. He's doing good. He's almost there. I want to see him get there. Come on. Come on. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Let's go. Give it up for Ryan. You guys can go to your seat. Hey, I love that, man. You can't write that script, right? Like, in the struggle is when you need the most encouragement. So one more time, give it up for these young men. Giving it their all right there. Perfect example of what we need to be doing right now, rallying behind each other and encouraging each other. Hey, so Kendall's going to fly around a little bit. He's going to show you all the salmon ladder and the warped wall. And so if you weren't here yesterday, um, this is what we do. We just fly around. And so if you who's everyone seen American Ninja Warrior before, at least a clip or something? And so this is probably the two most iconic obstacles. Let's see Kendall fly around a little bit. Y'all give him a nice little welcome here as he flies around. Skipping rungs. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but he skipped rungs. Oh, let's go, Kendall. Nicely done. Nicely done. And then on American Ninja Warrior, there are two warped walls now. The standard height, which is still really high, is 14 and a half. This wall is 15. We were just like, hey, we want to make sure we can do 14 and a half. So we made it a little higher just to be safe. And then there's also an 18-foot wall on American Ninja Warrior now. And we were like, yeah, we're not going to build that thing yet. All right. And so we're going to stick with the 15. Kendall's in his jeans today. He had never beat the warped wall in jeans till the first service. So this will be his second time to beat the warped wall in jeans. Let's get a little beat that wall. Oh, nicely done. Nicely done. One more time. Give him a nice round of applause. Those of you guys who have been with me in the past, you're like, hey, you're getting smart because I'm 34. You're like, hey, you're starting to get younger people to do it for you, right? So he's 25, and he's been traveling with me a lot. It's been pretty awesome. Uh, we, we met each other in the walk-on line, which one year we did not get picked for the show, so we checked in a line. I checked in for 21 days in a row. How many times? 33 days in a row he checked in this line. And uh, we met there and then just invited him to, to, um, to join in events. And now we've done around 75 events with me. And now we have a whole team. I think we might have a picture of our team. We've got a team of Ninja Warrior guys, Nate Burkhalter, John Stem, these other guys that have also given their life to Jesus. They're on fire for God. And they wanted to also use their gifts and talents to travel around and share the gospel as evangelists. And so we partner. We have three courses now, which is really crazy. We have started with this 
very, very uh, old one that we now have turned into a pretty grand, cool thing. Pretty cool course, right? Pretty awesome. And it's not, I didn't build any of it, so I'm bragging on the people who helped me do it. Um, and then we had a second course that was donated to us, and now we have a whole nother region in North Oklahoma. Um, our friend John Stem is a youth and worship pastor in the Claremore, Oklahoma area, Tulsa area, and he, we, by God's grace, people's donations, we built a third course we bought a truck, we bought a trailer, sent it and said, dude, let's reach more people. And so our vision, and y'all could pray with us on this, our vision is to have courses all over the country with evangelists all over the country, people running up walls all over the country and sharing the gospel through American Ninja Warrior style obstacle courses. And so y'all pray with us on that. That is the vision and that is the goal. And so um, y'all, will y'all join me in prayer on that? Please do, because we just, uh, we started, if you were at one of our first camps, you've seen how we've gone from mattresses, not mats, mattresses, all right, from that to what we have now, and God has just turned it into an opportunity to, to reach people. And so this morning, what I want to talk about is that our obstacles can be an opportunity. Our obstacles can be a I like a lot of feedback because I worked with students forever, and I think adults also need feedback because we also zone out, and how many of us are like Eutychus in Acts chapter 20, I believe, where Paul is preaching, and as he's preaching, Eutychus is sleeping in the window on the third floor, and Paul preaches so long, he preaches till midnight, he bores Eutychus till he falls asleep, he bores him to death because he falls out of the window, all right, and he falls all the way down, Paul runs down the stairs, lays on him, prays for him, raises him back to life, and he's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to keep preaching, and so nobody else fell asleep. Amen? So this morning, don't fall asleep. Stay with me because we've got some time this morning that we need to connect to the Lord. And so it's so easy to check out. It's so easy to go through the motions, but that's not what God has called us to this morning. God has called us to be checked in. God has called us to connect to him for real, not to just be a religious person, not to just be consistently in the house of the Lord, but to be consistently in tune with his Holy Spirit. And this morning, that's my prayer. That's my desire is that each and every one of us spend some time truly connecting to God. And so with that being said, I want to pray, and then I want to dive in the word and see what the Lord has to say for each and every one of us. Let's all bow. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day that you have made. And as Pastor Lee said earlier today, that we all have the choice to rejoice and be glad in it. God, I believe that you have things that you want to say to us today. And I believe the best way for us to hear from you is to read your word. God, I know that there are people who have walked in here from all different walks of life. For some, this is their hundred thousandth time to enter a church. And they're familiar with every story in your word. But I pray today, God, that whatever you say through your word today to those people, they will be able to apply to their real life situations. God, I know there's also people who've walked in here, maybe church and maybe God, maybe you are new to them. And I pray, God, that whatever you want to say to them, that they will be able to apply to their real life situation as well. God, I pray you speak. I pray you do a work in this room, in this place, on this day, for what we need to hear. 
And God, I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 12. If you don't have your Bibles, then you can look on the screen because technology is awesome. And so Acts chapter what? Acts chapter 12. We're going to read a pretty cool story about Peter and how he had an obstacle, but it ended up turning into an opportunity to brag on God, an opportunity to glorify God. If you're familiar with the Christian story, then you know that in the Gospels, the Gospels are talking about the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. If you're not familiar with the kind of whole storyline of the Bible, God made you and he loves you. Amen? God loves you. God has a plan for you, but Adam and Eve in the beginning, they went against God, they sinned against God, they went down their own path rather than down God's path, and it separated them from God, and it also led to all of us being sinful people, being people who go against God, and so now all people have gone astray. All people have, in their own intentions, they have sinned against God. They have done the wrong thing, and so now all of us are separated from God, but God loves us so much He doesn't want us to stay separated. He doesn't want us to stay stuck in our sin. He loves us. And he designed a way for us to be bought out of our sin, to be made right with him, to to go from death to life. And so he loves you so much that rather than punishing us for our sin, he sent Jesus. And Jesus came down and never messed up. And he was the perfect sacrifice who went upon a cross and took nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head. And he died as the sacrifice. He died as your substitute, my substitute. We deserve to be punished for our sin, but Jesus died in our place. And three days later, he rises from the dead and he offers to all people forgiveness. He says, I will forgive you. I will restore your connection to God. And the way that you receive his forgiveness, the way that you receive that restoration is by repenting or turning from your sin and believing in Jesus. It's not fixing yourself. It's not going to church. It's not being a better person. None of that on your own. None of that. You cannot do it. You cannot rid yourself of your sin. You need Jesus to do a miraculous work in your soul to make you right with God. And the way that you receive that gift is two words, repent or turn Turn and believe in Jesus. So Jesus comes, he dies, he rises, he offers forgiveness. But then Jesus floats up to heaven on a cloud. Just poof, he just disappears. And he promised there would be a Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit of God would come. And so these disciples watch Jesus float away, and I'm sure they're thinking, now what, <laughs> right? Like, this, we, we got to see Jesus heal people. We get to see Jesus take this little bit of food and feed 5,000 people. We saw Jesus doing these amazing things. We saw him die, and then we saw him rise from the dead, and now he's gone. What now? We know there's this promise of the Holy Spirit. Just go wait for the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit of God shows up the day of Pentecost, and these these people, they're there, and they have these tongues of fire fall on them, and it freaks us Baptists out. We're like, speaking in tongues, what? Right? But it happened, and it shows that the Holy Spirit was showing up, and there's this new age, and it's just an amazing moment where now the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of people who believe in Jesus. So then the disciples, they're on a mission. They're on a mission to lead as many people to believe in Jesus as possible. 
Peter preaches this amazing sermon in Acts chapter 2, where he tells about the death life of Jesus, the life death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. And he invites people to get saved, and people are cut to their heart. They're like, wow, I needed to hear this message. They say, what do we do? He says, repent and be baptized, or repent and believe in Jesus, be baptized. And 3,000 people give their life to Jesus in one day. That would be pretty awesome to happen right here, right? Like, like, all right, the church is like, you know, multiplied by a thousand, right? Like, this is crazy. 3,000 people get saved. Then the disciples, do, do you think it was easy for them? If you read, who's read the book of Acts? Anybody read that book? If you read the book of Acts, Acts chapter two happens, 3,000 people get saved and they're like, yes, everything's easy. No, Acts chapter four, like Peter and John are basically thrown in prison. Like all these things start to happen where there's opposition, there's obstacles. There's what? Obstacles. And what could have happened is they could have had the perspective where they said, man, there's been a lot of resistance to this, this like movement of trying to lead people to Jesus. This is too hard. And they could have thrown up their hands and just been deterred by this and, and just quit. But they knew that Jesus is really the Savior. They knew and they believed that Jesus is King. That Jesus is the only one who can forgive, the only one who can make us right with God. They believed that. And so they said, there is not going to be a single obstacle too big. We are going to press on and we're going to take the good news of Jesus to everyone that we meet. They say that, that an obstacle is an opportunity. So what we see is over and over, they, they face opposition. The Jewish people who did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, they try to stop them over and over and over. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 12 with Peter. And here's what it says. If you're still with me, if you're still awake, say amen. Because y'all remember Eutychus, right? All right, here we go. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter puts James in prison and has him killed for his faith in Jesus. Now you may think every obstacle is an opportunity. What about James? You know, like where's the opportunity there? We're reading about that opportunity. The next moment after James was killed for his faith, he was in the presence of Jesus. Amen? And as easy as that is to like celebrate right here where we're really safe, there are brothers and sisters around the world, and we're hearing about it in Afghanistan. We're hearing about so many right now that are being put to death for their faith, and we need to do what the church was doing here where they were earnestly praying. Amen? We need to earnestly pray. I love that Pastor Lee had to stop and, and pray for those who are about to get hit by this hurricane. We need to earnestly pray for, for those who are hurting. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. You look at James and you're like, man, his obstacle turned into an opportunity to where his, his story is now one that is testified thousands of years later where he went from, from death to life. The moment he died, he was in the presence of Jesus. But the church here, they're, they're like, okay, John, James has been killed. Peter's been put in prison. 
And, and I think they were hoping that Peter's story isn't going to end the same way as James. And they're hoping that, that Peter will be set free. But I'm sure that many of them were hopeless, right? Like, they're like, Peter's in prison. We just saw that James has been killed. He's surrounded by guards. Like, he's stuck. This is hopeless. But instead of just staying hopeless, they prayed. They earnestly prayed. And that's where we pick up the next verse, verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up! Is anybody a hard sleeper out there? Yeah. Peter's sleeping. Get up! And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He thinks he's dreaming. Everyone got this mental picture? They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, just Star Wars style, right? Like just, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Y'all see that again? The church was doing what? Praying. They were earnestly praying for someone who was in a tough situation. Earnestly praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door! Y'all got this picture? Like, Peter knocks. It's like, hey guys, it's me, Peter. And she just leaves him at the door. She just runs, hey everybody, Peter's here. And he's like, still outside, right? Like, like hey, what about me? <laughs> Verse 15, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers, this is a different James, and other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and, and he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Crazy story. Peter is facing a major obstacle. He's facing a what? A major obstacle, Right? He is surrounded by prison guards. He's stuck. Very hopeless situation. He's seen others be killed for their faith. But the church was praying. The church was praying that he would be set free because they believed God wasn't done with Peter. They believed that Peter still had some work to do for the kingdom of God. They were praying for Peter. And Peter, sleeping hard, gets poked, wakes up, walks out with an angel and then realizes this is not a dream, this is really happening, goes and tells the church, and his trial was not bigger than his testimony. Amen? Amen? His testimony was huge. Maybe you've walked in here today, 
and you have seen a scenario like Peter's, you feel like it's hopeless. Maybe you walked in here today personally, caught up in addiction, and you feel hopeless. Can I tell you personally, God is bigger than addiction. Amen? Maybe you walked in here personally, and you're just hurting, and you feel hopeless that you'll never be able to work through this grief. You'll never feel the comfort of the Lord. You'll never just be able to get out of this dark season. Can I tell you, the same God who walked Peter out of that prison cell is the same God who's alive today and can heal your broken heart. Maybe this morning you walked in here personally and you've got a relationship issue and you think reconciliation can never happen. God is the God of reconciliation. God is bigger. And reconciliation takes two, but you can pray for reconciliation. Maybe you walked in here today and, 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 and you are looking at our hopeless world saying, there's no hope for America. Anyone kind of at least kind of feel that way? I kind of feel that way. It's dark. It's, it's a tough time. But can I tell you this? Our God is bigger than all the junk in our country right now. And what I believe is that when you're looking at a 15-foot warped wall that most humans can't run up naturally, that our God supernaturally can help us overcome any wall. Physically, it's probably not going to happen for most of you today, all right? But spiritually, it can happen. Spiritually, whatever wall that you're looking at saying, there's no way, there's no way, God is bigger God is bigger. He walked Peter out of a hopeless situation. He can do the same for you. God is bigger than your obstacle. God is bigger. And if you can just take that away from today, then that's what we come for. We come so that seven kids yesterday would give their life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's just awesome. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. We come for that, but we also come for for you guys who are in church week in and week out, that you already know the Lord, that you already have connected to Him, but maybe you've been a little stuck, and maybe you just needed to have a weird Sunday where you walk in the room, you're like, what's going on, (laughs) right? And you just needed to get a little unstuck, get a little motivation. Well, Kendall and I are here to just get in your corner and just motivate you, right? Just say, hey, you can do this. Not on your power, but by the strength of Jesus Christ in your life, you can do all things through Christ. As I watched Matt lead us in this really well-thought-out music service, every song had to do with overcoming, which was awesome. You can do it. You can overcome whatever you're facing because of the object of your faith, Jesus Christ. If your faith is in yourself, you're not going to overcome anything. If your faith is in people around you, that might help a little. But if the object of your faith is Jesus Christ, you can overcome anything. This morning, as we just go into a time of response, I ask the worship team to to make their way this direction. And I just want to encourage you guys this morning to get real and honest with yourself. I want to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes. And as we go into a time of response, again, don't be like Eutychus and fall asleep on me. You got this. Finish strong. But as we go into a time of response, if you have already given your life to Jesus, 
This morning, I want you to just identify whatever you're facing. Maybe for you, it's like a financial thing, and you're like, man, we got all these medical bills. You just got your, your regular bills. <laughs> you're like, man, how is this going to work? Can I tell you, I have seen God time and time again provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. This morning, if you just need to turn over some financial stress, just say, God, you're bigger than this. And if you came in here and you're, you're dealing with sickness, man, I'm not the type of evangelist that just says that God's just going to heal you and give you money, all right? But I am the type of evangelist that says God's going to walk with you through whatever trial you're facing, and he will help you overcome whatever you're facing. He will be with you in the trial. Whatever your thing is, man, just identify it and put it in the hands of the God who created the universe. Put it in the hands of the God who walked Peter out of that prison cell. Put it in the hands of the God who raised Jesus from the dead. If you're here this morning and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, man, we're here for you too. We're here because we want to help kids and teenagers and adults say yes to Jesus for the first time. I would assume many of you have already done that, but if you're here and you've, you've never taken that first step, I believe I'm, I'm on this planet to help people take that first step. If you would like to say yes to Jesus today and you've heard this information about God loving you and you sinning, but Jesus died for you and Jesus rose from the dead and you want to turn from your path and you want to follow Jesus and you want to believe in him to forgive you, if you want to take that first step today, I'd love to, to guide you in a prayer. If you want to pray with me, you could just pray in your mind, from your heart, you could just say, Dear God, I believe you love me, and I believe you have a plan for my life. But I have gone against you, and I understand that there are consequences for my sin. I understand I should be punished. But I believe Jesus was punished for me. I believe Jesus died in my place. And I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I want to turn from my path. And I want to follow your path. Will you please forgive me? I give my life to you. I know I won't be perfect, but I trust Jesus to be perfect for me. I give you my life. I want to thank you for watching today's message. Right now, I want to encourage you to do something. You know, when we hear the Word of God, the Bible calls us to make a decision. And really, that comes from Jesus. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus is saying, come and follow me. And if you think about all the decisions that you've had to make in your life, some were small decisions, some were big decisions, some were not really important, and some were very important. 
But the decision of what you're going to do with Jesus Christ in your life is the most important decision that you're ever going to make. See, really, there's only two options. You can walk with Jesus or you could walk away from Jesus. And I want to encourage you right now to walk with Jesus. And the way that you have a relationship with Jesus is you place your faith in Him. You place your trust in Him. And what you're doing by placing your faith and trust in Jesus is you're saying, Jesus, I, I know I have sin. I know I have sin in my life that separates me from God. And I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust that you can bring me to God. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 and verse 21 that Jesus knew no sin, but he was made to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And what that means is this, that when Jesus died on the cross, God put all our sin on him. And that when you trust by faith in Jesus, he gets your sin and you get his righteousness. It's called the great exchange. You give him your sin and he gives you his righteousness. That means you're forgiven. You're forgiven of all the sins that you've ever done and that you're forgiven of all the sins you ever will do. And the Bible says that when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, that God forgives you of your sin and he forgives you of, of the power of sin in your life right now, that when you die, that God will take you to heaven to be with him for all of eternity. And so if you're ready to do that, I want to encourage you to do that right now where you are. And you simply can pray along with me. Just bow your head and close your eyes. And you can say, Dear God, I know I have sinned. And today I'm ready to trust Jesus as my Savior. Thank you, God, for saving me. You know, friend, if you've prayed that with us today, I want to encourage you to let us know. You can go to heightschurch.org connect or simply open the camera app uh, on your phone and put it right over this QR code and that's going to take you to that website. There you can let us know that you prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior. What we'd love to do is celebrate that with you, pray for you, come alongside of you and help you take your next steps of faith. And so I want to thank you for watching today's message. I want to encourage you, if you're able to make it out, we'd love to see you in person here at Heights on Sunday mornings at 9 or 10.30 a.m. Or you can catch us online at 9 and 10.30 a.m. live on Sunday mornings on our Heights Facebook page or our Heights YouTube page. So again, until next time, God bless and have a great week.